Welcome to the Kingdom Mom Podcast. I'm your host, Lindsay Anderson, and I help exhausted moms put an end to what's stressing them so they can regain control of their life. Be sure to check out our popular free training, The Ultimate Mom Binder, at kingdommompodcast.com. And be sure to join our free Facebook group, Mom Binder Masters. Also, we offer a paid online coaching community. If you need life coaching as a mom, we offer an affordable option to help you live the life you want. You ready to take back your territory, Kingdom Mom? Let's begin. Welcome back to another episode of the Kingdom Mom podcast. We are finally into our summer season. I think this is episode four in our summer series. We've got 10 episodes coming at you this summer. Um, And the reason for that is because uh, it was just easier to navigate in my life recording this podcast if we did a summer season. Um, I'm a busy homeschooling mom. I direct our classical conversations co-op. Um, and it was just uh, getting really difficult to uh, take care of all of my responsibilities and record podcast episodes. So it's so much easier in the summer. Um, and so we are going to start bringing you summer seasons of the Kingdom Mom podcast. So this summer, um, we already recorded several episodes. Uh, we've talked about Shabbat. We've talked about homeschooling. We've talked about all of it. Um, but these are actually questions that I have received from people that have requested this information. So um, every single episode this season is because I have either been asked the question multiple times or because somebody specifically said, will you please record a podcast episode about this? And that is definitely what we are doing today. So I had this question um, emailed to me and I've actually, quite frankly, had this question asked to me several times throughout um, my whole Kingdom Mom journey. And what's really interesting is this question is actually the basis for Kingdom Mom and the reason why I even started Kingdom Mom in the first place is because uh, somebody taught this to me and I see so many uh, Christian moms who don't quite get this. (laughs) Um, They struggle with this. And really, once we can figure this out, this is what makes like this snowball effect in the rest of our life. Because the reason why we don't do a lot of things that we should be doing in our Christian walk is because this element is missing. And it has to do with our core fundamental identity. And so the question that I was asked is, how do you receive your kingdom identity as a daughter of God, right? A son or daughter of God. I mean, I'm probably talking to a mom if you're listening to the Kingdom Mom podcast, although I do know a few dads that listen to this podcast. But uh, how do I receive that identity as a daughter? Like, how do I actually... Like I don't feel, either you don't feel worthy of it or like you don't understand what that actually practically means. Um, If you're like me, I am kind of like, I I like to be really organized and structured in the way that I think. And so when somebody gives me like an abstract kind of an idea, I'm like, okay, yeah, but what does that mean practically, right? (laughs) Like, Like when somebody says, how do you hear from God? Okay, like, and then they're like, it's just, you hear the spirit. It's like, okay, but what, what's, what do you mean? <laughs> like what practically, right? 
<clears throat> so these are things that I needed somebody to kind of hold my hand and walk me through. So today I hope to kind of hold your hand and walk you through a little bit. Okay. So um, kingdom identity is really what started kingdom mom. And the, the thought is, is that before we are anything else, and this goes into the priorities episode that we talked about earlier, right? Before we take on any other roles in our life, the first role that we should be taking on is daughter, daughter of God. That is our first fundamental role before we are a wife, before we are a mother, we are a daughter of God. And that is actually how we step into the role of being a kingdom mom is by actually being a daughter first. Okay. So the question is, um, how do I receive that? What does that practically look like to be a daughter of God? So I want to start by uh, seeing what God actually says about this, right? <clears throat> and we're actually going to be looking in the book, in the gospel of John, uh, John chapter one. Now I love John chapter one. If you are a classical homeschooler, like we are, John chapter one probably has a special place in your heart as well. And the reason being is that our kids actually memorize, uh, part, uh, a good chunk of John one in both English and Latin. We're actually getting ready to do that again this year. And it's one of my favorite things, um, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God, right? We, we do that whole thing and then we do it in Latin, in principio erato or boom. Okay, so um, <clears throat> it's a very special thing. So, but if you are a classical homeschooler, you probably didn't memorize this part. And this is a very, very important part, um, but it's actually uh, in chapter, or excuse me, John chapter one, verse 12. We're actually going to be starting uh, in verse 11, but it's verse 12 that's like super duper important here. Um, and this is kind of after that section that we memorize. Okay. But it's still so, so important. So this is John saying this and he's talking about Jesus. <clears throat> well, he's talking about God, but he's just explained that in the beginning basically was Jesus and Jesus was with God and Jesus was God and Jesus was the word right? Jesus is the word. He was the word made flesh. So John has just got done explaining kind of this concept to people, this theological concept. And in verse 11, he says, he came to his own and his own people did not receive him. Then verse 12, but to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Okay, so it very, very clearly says right here that for those who believe and receive him, receive him, that you are given the right to become children of God. Okay, so I want to kind of take you on a journey of how I learned this and how I started to practically apply it. Because sometimes I think you need to, like, it's one thing to read that, right? And it's like, okay, well, there's a few things in there. Number one, I have to receive him, right? But then I've been given the right to become a children of, uh, to become a child of God. So this is one way that I explained it. As an American over the age of 18, an American citizen, I have the right to vote, okay? I, I have that fundamental right. However, it is 
my choice whether or not I exercise that right, okay? I can choose to not go vote, all right? So I've been given the right, but it is actually my choice of whether or not to go exercise that right. So there's two kind of action things on our end from this verse. And one of them is we have to first receive. We have to receive it. We have to receive Um, And what does it mean? Like, think about if you are given a gift, right? Somebody hands you a box. How do you receive it? Well, you simply just grab it and say thank you, right? You've received that gift. You don't have to do really anything other than that, right? Receiving is um, actually pretty simple, (laughs) okay? Um, You just... You just receive it. So, but I understand that you might be like, okay, how do I practically do that? How do I practically receive it? And how do I exercise that right? How do I do that? Okay, so I want to take you on this journey of how I learned this lesson. So um, I grew up in a Christian household, loved Jesus, kind of fell away. Um, I didn't really become an atheist. I just wasn't necessarily sure what I believed kind of when I went through college, as most young people do. Hmm. Anyway, um, and then when I when we got married and had kids and all of that, um, it really I, I knew I needed to get my kids to church. I need I knew that my kids needed to have this morally sound upbringing. But that's really if I'm being truthful, that was all it was rooted in at that point in my life. And it wasn't until I came back to Jesus and really truly fully accepted the gospel um, for the first time uh, really actually it wasn't that I didn't accept the gospel as a young kid it was just that I didn't fully understand it I didn't really truly understand uh, the whole thing the whole picture I had never read the Bible I actually had no idea when I was younger that the Bible was a story of the people of Israel I had no idea. I had no idea that Jesus was an Israelite. Like you guys, I literally did not know these things. And so it wasn't until I started to read my Bible and actually realize that this, oh, this book is one giant story. It's a bunch of stories that create one huge story. And it's an amazing huge work of art that's true. This was written by real people who walked the earth, real prophets real like people in history um it's fascinating anyway um so I started plugging into church and I was learning a lot about like all of these kind of different flavors of Christianity we'll call it that we'll call them flavors and so I had some friends that were uh what I would consider now really sound in their theology I didn't know it then, <laughs> but now I do. Um, they were really sound in their theology. I had people that were um, like wild, crazy evangelical. I had friends who were Pentecostal and they were, um, you know, just like praying in tongues and like doing all of these things. They were loud. They were casting out demons. They were do- like, I had all of these different flavors of Christianity in my life. And I've actually learned, and as I feel like I've matured, um, I've learned that that's like 
we need all of these amazing uh, people and all of these different flavors um, because it would be really boring if we were all just straight vanilla. Nobody like some people like vanilla, but you know, some people like to add some sprinkles and all of that. <clears throat> but as long as our base core <laughs> theology is sound, uh, it's okay to have some, some different flavors and toppings, right? Um, but all that to say is that I was sitting with this group of women at the time, okay? And I perceived, now I say I perceived because this was very much my own judgment of these women. I perceived that they were the kind of Christians who would judge me for allowing my children to like watch Disney movies, okay? <clears throat> Y'all, now some of you know what I'm talking about. The Christians that are like, no, to Disney. Like Disney is evil. We don't watch Snow White. We don't watch Cinderella. None of it. Okay. Now I will say that our family does not subscribe to Disney and, and we do not have Disney plus. I don't, I allow my children to watch an occasional Disney movie. Um, in fact, we went, we watched the little mermaid the other day. Um, I allow them to watch those things. Um, I We just have a personal conviction that uh, Disney has some uh, agendas that we don't necessarily agree with. So yeah, I feel like uh, Disney has some um, agenda and uh, they're pushing some other type of worldviews. Now, I do still think it's very important to teach our children about other worldviews, and we do have those conversations with our children about other worldviews um, because I think it's important to teach our children empathy, and I think it's important to teach them what other people think so that when they go out into the world, they're not surprised <laughs> when they run into these things. Um, however, I don't. I think that that's my responsibility, and I don't think it's the responsibility of somebody who maybe doesn't have my child's best interest. And plus, as somebody with a marketing background, it's not so much about teaching children about other ideologies and worldviews. It's about impressing those worldviews onto children against sometimes their parents' will. Anyway, all that to say, um, I do allow Disney in moderation. I'm not like somebody who's not like letting their kid watch a Lion King or something like that. Um, <clears throat> but anyway, at this point in my life, I was pretty sure that these were people who were like, Disney is evil. Okay. And my child at the time was obsessed. Listen, y'all, she was obsessed with Frozen. She was constantly dressed up as Elsa. She was constantly singing Let It Go. She was constantly in her own little princess world. And she was always in a princess dress. Anyway, and uh, I remember we were having this discussion and I said to these women, I said, I don't even know why I said it because I was, I was already afraid that they were going to judge me. And I said, you know, I feel like my daughter is just obsessed with dressing like a princess and she puts on the dress and she sings the songs and she does this and um, you know I'm worried that she's kind of idolizing some of this stuff and one of these women in all of her grace and in all of her wisdom probably recognizing that I was a 
baby Christian at the time and just not quite uh, sound in my thought process, she said to me, she's like, well, sweetheart, of course she dresses up and wants to be a princess. She is a princess. When your dad is the king of the entire universe, that makes you a princess. And I sat there and I was, first of all, I was shocked that they weren't like, yeah, yeah, you shouldn't do Disney. No, no, no. But I had never even thought of that. I had never thought of that. That if your dad is the king, if your father's the king of the entire universe and you're his kid, that makes you a princess, right? And so I went home and I just like pondered that for days and days and days. And my husband and I are very, very into history. We love history. We love teaching history to our kids. I love learning about um, rulers and uh, like cultures and how these these kingdoms and everything came to be. And I really enjoy uh, studying like the medieval period, And like when all of these kings were there, in fact, uh, Jared and I were just kind of learning about Alfred the Great, right? Alfred the Great of England and, um, you know, just like all of the bad rulers, (laughs) the ones that aren't good, like King Henry VIII, right? And um, also, like if you study the Bible in some of these books where it talks about all of the different rulers of Israel over the years, over the generations, right? And what's interesting to me is they're all rulers. They all have the title, right? They all have the title of king or prince or princess or queen. They all have this title, right? But there's a difference between good rulers and bad rulers. There's there's a difference between rulers who help their constituents um, prosper and there's rulers who are selfish, conceited, power hungry, and their kingdom like goes down the tube, right? And we see this all throughout history. We see it all throughout all of the different kingdoms of the world, right? We even see it with elected rulers. We see it literally in our country, right? Um, And we don't have kings and queens. We have elected rulers. So we see this play out, right? Um, All that to say is the 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 rulers who are good, okay, the ones who are good, they kind of all have something in common, right? If we look at all the rulers of the world and the ones who are good, um, now they're not all Christian, right? And in fact, some of them were even around before Christ. They weren't all uh, followers of Yahweh. They were they they didn't necessarily subscribe to um, monotheism, right? But they did all have something in common. And it was that they understood their duty. They would put their duty to serve their people above their selfish ambition. Okay? They would put their duty first. Anyway, and so as I was pondering this whole princess thing and this whole royalty kind of thing, this whole kingdom idea, right? 
um, I started to think about duty and what that meant and why those who understood their duty uh, tended to serve better and have, they, they weren't necessarily, uh, they, they just weren't selfish. They didn't have their own selfish ambitions, right? And then I thought about how royalty carries themselves, how they carry themselves. So I specifically like to use like the royalty in England because that's what the whole world is familiar with. And I t- talk to them about uh, when we talk in Kingdom Mom, I talk about like, what are they wearing? Like you don't see... Uh, Kate Middleton, Princess Catherine, you don't see her like running around in sweatpants. Like you just don't. Um, She always carries herself very well. She's got good posture, right? Um, She's got a smile on her face and a pep in her step, right? Uh, Does not mean her life is perfect, but that's she carries herself, right, in a certain way. So I really started to think about this and started to think about well, then what does it mean if, if, if this is how it looks, you know, in the world, what does it mean in the kingdom of God, right? So number one, uh, okay, I want to give this example too. You also don't see like Princess Catherine and Prince William. You don't like see them um, going out and being farmers, right? They're not like, you know what? I don't necessarily want to do this. I'm going to go farm instead, right? They they do what they were assigned to do by their birthright, right? The, and and like you got, um, what's his name? Prince Harry, right? Who isn't like, but he kind of went off to do his own thing. But you have uh, Prince William and Princess Catherine who are like staying in that royal duty role, right? They're staying there. Now, these are worldly kingdoms, okay? These are worldly kingdoms. Don't count in the kingdom of God, right? Um, but but what if we took this same kind of thought process and applied it to the kingdom of God, right? Because that, for those of you who need a practical application, it kind of helps, okay? The, the reason why they're not being farmers, they're not just going and putting on some overalls and going and pitching manure or whatever is because that's not the duty that they were given, okay? That's not how they carry themselves, okay? So now let's think about this in terms of being a child of God. See, number one is is you have to recognize that you are in a royal position, okay? Because farmers in England aren't royalty, Okay, royalty is royalty. Okay, they're in that role, and so if they don't recognize that, hey, I'm we're the prince and princess of the UK, right? Um, I know. Listen, I know that some of y'all are from the UK, and you're going to correct me because I'm not using the proper titles. <laughs> listen, <laughs> I'm American, and I just have to apologize because I don't know. Okay, I know I'm not using the proper terminology but you get what I'm saying it still works for the example okay um <clears throat> but like you have to recognize that you're not a farmer and that you're royalty okay like you have to recognize that you're not just a regular person in in this world you have to recognize that you're royalty to receive a royal role 
okay? That might be confusing. I hope it gets less confusing as I go on, okay? So number one is you have to recognize that you are actually a daughter of God and you need to recognize that that means that you are in a kingdom and that you have a duty inside of that kingdom. But if you don't recognize that you are a part of that royal bloodline, you'll go out in the world and try to do all of these other things, never recognizing what your role was and what your duty was. Okay, that's what I'm trying to say. There's nothing wrong with farmers. In fact, I grew up on a farm. It's nothing against farmers. But you, you need to understand where your place is. You need to understand where your place is. Okay? So, um, so, so actually, I think uh, like Prince William and Prince Harry are perfect examples, right? So it's up to you whether or not you receive that title. So like Prince Harry, right? He decided like, no, nah, I'm good. I'm going to go do my own thing, right? Whereas Prince William received the title, right? And he's like, okay, yes, I'm going to take on this duty. I'm going to receive it, okay? So you have the option as a, as a believer, okay? You have the option of receiving Jesus. You have the option of receiving the title. You have been given the right to be called children of God. You've been given the right to step into that. But I can tell you that a lot of people choose not to exercise that right, but you have been given the right. So it's up to you to say, okay, yes, this is my duty. This is where I belong, right? This is where I'm going to be, right? And then we go back to what makes a good ruler. So we are to rule and reign, we are to rule and reign. But what does what does a good ruler actually do? Well, <clears throat> they they put duty ahead of their own selfish ambitions. So what does it mean to be a child of God? It means to follow Jesus and to put that duty ahead of everything else. Okay, now hear me. Hear me, hear me. So if you listen to the priorities episode that we did, which you should really go listen to the priorities episode if you have not, putting God and putting what he wants for your life ahead of everything else means that you will do things like have your priorities in the proper order. Okay? It means that you will speak differently. Royalty speaks differently than non-royalty. It means you will carry yourself differently. It means you will choose different tasks. It means that every aspect of your life will be changed because of the role that you choose to receive. It's given to you but you choose to receive it and you choose to put duty ahead, okay? <clears throat> but the beautiful thing is, is that your dad isn't the king of England. <laughs> king Charles is not your dad. Your dad is the king of the entire universe and he loves you. 
and he has amazing things planned for you. Doesn't mean you're not going to walk through hard things. Uh, It doesn't mean that uh, it's not going to be really hard sometimes to live out those priorities. It doesn't mean that you don't leave, like you're, you're, when you're in a royal role as a child of God, as a kingdom mom, it means that you have more responsibility than somebody who's not in that role. You have territory to protect. In fact, you might have had territory taken away from you. You might have some territory that you need to take back, right? So it changes the way that you view yourself. You see, nothing really actually changes. um, Like when you say, like if somebody says to me, how do I receive the kingdom identity? You have a kingdom identity already if you believe in Jesus and have accepted him in your life. You have that kingdom identity already. It's just a matter of whether or not you are going to exercise, you're going to receive it and exercise the right to operate in it. So it's already yours. It's yours for the taking. But we have been given free will. We're given a choice. We've been given the right to be children of God. So the question is, is will you step into it? So what does that look like? Well, my pastor always says this. He says, it sounds a lot like hearing and obeying. (laughs) Hear and obey, hear and obey, hear and obey. Are you listening? Are you reading the word? Do you know what your role even is? Do you know what it means to be a follower of Jesus? Do you, do you, do you understand that task and that responsibility? Because if you're going to be royalty, if you're going to, if you're going to step in that, then you, you need some training, like good kings and queens were trained and taught how to be good kings and queens, right? They were, they were taught. So I really hope that that helped. (laughs) If you, I suspect that there might be some questions after this one, um, because this truly is like one of the hardest things for people to grasp, which is why we talk about it so much in Kingdom Mom. And then what we do inside of Kingdom Mom is we break it down like, okay, what does that look like? What What do your tasks look like? What does your duty look like in your marriage? What does your duty look like? In your personal relationship with God? What does your duty look like as a mom? What does your duty look like in your finances? What does your duty look like in maybe anything that you do for work, right? Are you bringing goodness and excellence to those things? What does it actually look like? So if you need help with like, okay, I understand the whole kingdom identity thing, but how do I practically apply that in my finances? That's when you might want to get inside of Kingdom Mom. Um, I think it says this like in our intro and our outro of of the podcast. But uh, Kingdom Mom, we have a a membership. It's called the Stress Elimination Method. And it's $25 a month or you can pay for a year. I think it's $275 for a year. Don't quote me on that. Go actually look on the website. Um, 
and you get access to all of the trainings that we've ever done. And we have some that we've done recorded live in our Facebook group, but then we also have just a whole bunch that I pre-recorded to specifically talk about money and specifically talk about marriage and specifically talk about these things. So, um, and when I say that I learned from women, um, I did. So everything that's inside of Kingdom Mom is really um, me just reiterating everything that was lovingly taught to me by uh, Christian women with sound theology. Okay. So everything inside of Kingdom Mom is that. Um, <clears throat> so I encourage you, if you need help with specific areas of your life, like how do I manage my home? What does that mean? Like doing the dishes <laughs> like and laundry. Like I'm a stay-at-home mom. What does that mean on a daily basis? How do I, how do I, because I'm currently wearing sweatpants and a messy bun. I'm not feeling real royal, Lindsay. What does that look like? We talk about that inside of Kingdom Mom. All right, y'all. Uh, I hope you guys have a great week. We'll see you next week. God bless. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Kingdom Mom podcast. Don't forget to check out our free training, The Ultimate Mom Binder, at kingdommompodcast.com. See you next time, Kingdom Mom.